You are listening to Uninterrupted, a podcast with Crystal Farmer Seagart and Saturn Chabot. What up, Uninterrupted Squad? <laughs> We're back again with another hot episode. <laughs> I'm laughing, y'all, because Saturn really needed that right now. I did. <laughs> we are literally irritating. But what's up, y'all? This episode, it's it's just it's just us two. So you know, we got the this this energy going. So I hope you all bear with us because we have a pretty pretty solid amount of things to talk about today. I feel like, but this is mostly like a checking in episode. I think we've been. Um, overly saturated with voting and all things politics for the past like few months that we haven't been able to like fully dive into how we we are doing mentally and and here on the uninterrupted podcast we always like discuss on the importance of mental health and um, really checking out you know to check in um, and really I guess like taking a step back to really uh, analyze how you're feeling emotionally, um, digesting, processing a lot of things, and a lot has been happening. So let's check in. Whew, y'all. I think just first taking a second um, to breathe. I think I've been doing a lot of that lately. <sighs> We're just particularly America, but I think just globally right now. Mm. You know, humankind is in an interesting space, a very interesting space, a space where a lot of the darks are coming into the light. Mm -hmm. But it's also just a lot at once, you know? Um, You know, it's like, you know, one dark comes into the light, then all of a sudden, you know, three other darks are following it and you're just like, oh my goodness, I can't keep up. What's happening now? Like what's going on now? I mean, for instance, like, you know, I hate to say this, but I know there was another black man in Philadelphia shot by the cops and I'm not going to lie. I couldn't even react because I was like, this is what the, how many in, how many in, in this year that's been recorded and I just, I shared something just to make sure I uplifted it. Um, but I couldn't even dive into it. I couldn't watch the video. I couldn't read about it. I couldn't look into it um, because I'm just, I'm overwhelmed right now. I'm, I'm like, how much more in 2020? How much more until I feel like white supremacy just gets tired <laughs> of, of, of doing doing this because you would think I mean I think I posted a tweet about this uh yesterday because I had to you know express how I was feeling and I was like America is so anti-black that even in the height uh, of the biggest uh movement for the fight for black lives since the civil rights movement and white supremacy is still out here harming and murdering BIPOC folks like it's nothing it's it's mind-blowing at this point like you you see we're constantly talking about it on the media activists i mean are getting the most recognition i think they've gotten in in decades 
Mm-hmm. Um, the elections is pretty much surrounded around it. Yeah. And y'all still want to be out here shooting unarmed black folks. It, I mean, I just have no words. And I think that's why I'm, I ignore, I, I ignored it because it's it's unbelievable at this point. It's like really we're days away from the elections and this is what y'all are doing. Like this this is what y'all are out here are doing. <sighs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'm um I'm in in Maryland right now and I'm in Philly all the time, several times a year, and it's literally only um two hour drive from here. So that's like going from like LA to SB, super, super close. And when I saw that, I immediately obviously could not watch the video. I haven't been able to watch a lynching of a black person um, in a very long time because I did not want to see my people getting murdered publicly anymore. That's just not something that I want to normalize at all. And I don't think that any of us should really normalize it. And I don't even want that to be spread on the web because these folks have family members and friends and God forbid if that ever happened to me or a close love or anything like that of mine, I would hate to constantly see a reminder of their murder online. And that stuff lives forever, you know? Um, So I was, I did not watch the video, but I I didn't need to, to know that it was horrific. And and I read all the information um, regarding his death. And it's just, ugh. It's the same old shit, just a different day, you know? And what really highlighted about this specific incident was that he suffered from mental health issues. And it just goes to show how freaking useless the police is when it comes to really most things, but specifically when it comes to de-escalating certain situations when it comes to someone who suffers from mental health problems. And I believe they said that in the video, um, Walter Wallace was his name, his mother was there and she was, you know, letting letting the people know that like you know, he suffers from mental illness. And then it came out later on that he was actually being medicated for his mental illness. And I just I just imagine and think about like all the trauma that black folks go through and don't even realize that they are suffering from different types of mental illness, whether that be just like PTSD, which I know for a fact most Black people have, whether it's inherited through uh, ancestral traumas or just like living every day um, in fear that you're going to be gunned down by the freaking police um, or or just, you know, depression and just like all these other things that are, are very considered very taboo in our community um so it yeah it was really disheartening especially because like following that followed the NSARS movement and that's happening in Nigeria and the and then the um 
and the Anglophone crisis as well that's happening in my home country, Cameroon, and Nigeria and Cameroon are also neighboring countries. So it's been an overwhelming few weeks with all of this going on. And what's worse is that it all goes back to colonial powers. It all goes back to white supremacy. Like you can literally trace all of this bullshit back to how white people came in, did what white folks do, and left everything a shit show and a mess. So now a lot of us are in these positions where we are constantly experiencing and seeing death. So that's how I'm doing. <laughs> it's hard out here right now. And I think, what, again, like I said before, just seeing things happen now too just on a global standpoint right and seeing our 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 black siblings in in nigeria and cameroon like you know needing our support and um needing us to uplift what's happening again like you said it's just a reminder of how deep 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 white supremacy is i th- i don't think Sometimes I don't think people make the connection. I really don't. I think they forget that there's still countries in Africa that don't have their independence. There's still countries in Africa that are being co- that are colonized, um, and just just similar to to you know what's going on in like you know Middle Eastern countries and, and other countries, and it always has to do with the darker skinned folks of the culture. And it just, it, it just, it, I don't understand how people don't see that anti-blackness is really a universal problem. It's an issue and it's, it's just everywhere. Even I was, um, there's this, I guess there's this like K-pop Korean girl group that's like super big and they, um, they just got a new Netflix documentary and mm, uh, my black pink oh, okay there we pink go. black or something like yeah. that mm-hmm. and it was interesting because my daughter like likes them I didn't even know and um she wanted to watch it and so I checked it out with her and although it was cool to see them make milestones right being the first girl uh, all girl uh, Korean group to perform at Coachella and sing their songs in different languages. I mean, you know, they are making history, you know, but I couldn't help to also educate my daughter while she was watching that. And I was like, you see how light their skin is? Um, this is what's accepted in their culture. Like, you can't be dark skinned in their culture and be uh, uh, praised or affirmed or uplifted. Like they have to be super pale like that, um, even super thin, right? Um, when I was educating her, like not all Korean folks look like that, you know, not all people look like that in the cultures. And it just reminded me that there's so many, you know, I think that we have so many of these issues globally because in the media, it's just a false representation of what folks look like in these different spaces. So, you know, we see, we see movies and we're like, oh, okay, that's, that's what they do over there. And that's what the people look like over there. And that's just not true. Like, 
for instance, Brazil, you know, I'm sure most Americans, you know, think uh, Brazilians look like, I don't even know a celebrity. I can't even think of a celebrity right now that's Brazilian, but pretty much not like they look. Majority of Brazil are Afro-Brazilians, like majority of the population. Over 80%. Over 80%. You literally never think that based off of the media. It's crazy. And the fact people don't talk about that or know that is so concerning to me. And it, it honestly, uh, it, it explains why we continue to repeat these patterns of racism because people just don't know. They don't know about these other cultures. They don't know about histories and other places. Like uh, I have a friend from New Zealand and she, and she's constantly uplifting like the indigenous folks there and how they're still fighting for their land in spaces. And there's just, it's happening everywhere. And we really, we need to know about it. Thank, I'm so thankful for social media that we can share now, you know, being from all these different countries and being so far away from each other. We can know what's going on now um, within the world and what's happening because it's really everywhere, y'all. It's really everywhere. Um, and it's time for it to stop, right? Yeah. We need to give indigenous folks, indigenous black folks, indigenous folks in color, we need to give them back their land, their resources. Um, I'm going to say it and I'm going to keep saying it. Black people globally deserve reparations um, and yeah. period, like period. And I'm talking, I want my 40 acres and a mule and my college debt swiped off and about 100k in my savings account and that's just a minimum like like the fact that nobody's even like uplifting this to the highest (laughs) like this should have been a part of every president's like black agenda like why are we not talking about this you see what's happening in africa you see what's happening across countries in the world where people where where people are having to fight back a uh, fight for uh getting their stuff back that was taken away their land their resources you know it's it's so sad i was in the emergency room in germany and i met uh, i don't want to say it wrong somali right mm-hmm. somali yeah so i met a somali woman um and she's now in germany and she came over here as a refugee and i literally started crying just listening to the story of what's happening in her own country you know and why she had to leave she's like our people um are in war with each other constantly yeah and she's talked about how her dad literally just got his house like taken away from him and the and they were the government was allowed to do it you know, because they were in war and they were like, hey, this ain't your house anymore. You got to leave. We're moving in soldiers in here. His home, his business, everything like this is legal in in certain countries. And I'm sitting here listening to her story and how strong she is to leave her family at 14, come to a whole different country, learn a whole different language. Um, and my heart just broke because I'm just like, white supremacy did this. It did this. And now it has, you know, people in Africa fighting their own people just for resources and power and land because it's so limited because of white supremacy. I mean, 
oh, I'm just, it, you know, it, it just makes me feel like where can we go to be free? Where can we go to be happy and exist? Like we can't even go. So all those people telling us to go back to Africa, we can't go there. <laughs> like already, we can't we even play in Africa. We can't, it's, it's already tainted. It's, you know, I was just, I was just sitting there and, and I also felt bad that I didn't know this. Like I felt bad that I didn't know that this was happening in her country. Like as a black woman, like we should know this stuff. We should know that people are being killed and murdered and raped. And she said that young boys as, as small as 10 are forced to, to wear guns and kill people and, and join the, the, the army. And I'm just like, why don't, why don't we have this information? And, and why are we doing something? And it's, it just also makes you question like where you're getting, you know, I started questioning like, where am I getting my news sources from? What news outlets do I need to look at more to know what's going on? Like, you know, I think sometimes we live in these bubbles and I get it. So much is already happening where we currently live. Um, but there is things that we can do for these other, you know, third world, uh, lesser advantaged countries. Like as a, as a, as, as me, for me in that situation, as a more privileged black woman than I was talking to, um, I was like, damn, I could do more. I should know about this, you know, and I should be able to educate other people about this like why why is she having to someone that had to leave her family at 14 move to a whole nother country and live with people she didn't know by the way she she met people and they took her in um learned german she speaks it fluently now um got herself through school and you know and she's having to sit here and tell me her history i just thought wow how demeaning she must feel, you know? And um, yeah, it just was, for me, it was like one, a wake up call about how just deep rooted white supremacy reigns just within this world. Um, and also how the black struggle is universal. And, you know, how do we, how do we, once and for all like put a stop to it you know because it's just too much i'm like we we can't even thrive where we're from at this point you know where do we go you can't tell people to and then you can't and then you also can't tell people to leave their home you know you also can't tell people to leave their country and their culture like that's also traumatic you know like she she was telling me you know, I'm not going to go all into detail, but all the stories of trauma she experienced in Germany from having to learn another culture and, and even being discriminated against here um, because she's also Muslim, you know, and it, it was just so many layers to her story. And I was like, why is this still happening in 2020? Yeah, I. it's difficult because... I really do often sit and think about like, what more can I do as an individual and as a collective? And I also think about how scary capitalism is because a lot of why the world functions in the, way, in the ways that it does is because 
um, money is the center of a lot of um, the ways we operate. So the reason why the Congo is bleeding is because of capitalism. You know, the reason why there is wars in, you know, a lot of countries in the Middle East and the U.S. has um, stations there is because of oil, which, you know, is equal to money. So, so much of the way the world functions is through capital. It's through monetary and who has like the biggest pockets. And it's crazy because the US dollar isn't even backed by anything anymore. It used to be backed by gold, but it's not backed by that anymore. And just thinking about the other forms of currency and Bitcoin and it's just, it's terrifying because money is not the root of all evil and people often misinterpret that quote it's the love of money is the root of all evil and there's a difference between loving money and having it you know there's a difference between using something for a currency exchange or an exchange of of goods versus an obsession and a need an extreme need for something to the point where you will do anything to get it. The world is literally dying because of capitalism. They do not want to stop fracking, not completely well-versed in, in um, all of the, the terminology regarding um, why the climate is being so negatively affected. But um, as we know, like fossil fuels and, and greenhouse gases and all this other stuff, um, is a lot of that is what and and also industry building, um, creating cars and and the overproduction of meats, all of those things contribute to climate change and all of those things lead back, it leads back to money. Um, so it's a really scary thing, and I don't know where this world is going to be in 10 years. And I don't even know how to imagine a, a good world because there's a lot of good in this world, but I do not know how to imagine a good world. And it really does scare me because you think about, you know, Crystal, you have kids and just thinking about bringing kids into this environment and teaching them the best of what you know, and that's still not even being enough. And then you think about like loved ones being out in this world and really never knowing what could happen to them the next day because they look a certain way, they practice a certain religion, they love someone, you know, that's considered bad to love. You really think about all of these things and who people are and the way, way we move and how, I don't know, it just, uh, it just, it, it frustrates me because I, and we've said this often, that Black folks almost just can't live and experience life as just regular people with no, with no added like frustrations or fears. And I, I literally do not know how it feels to not consciously think that I'm, think of my Blackness every day, you know? Like, I have no idea. I have no idea 
what it feels like to not know what double consciousness feels like or what having to code switch feels like or having to knowing that like entering a space isn't necessarily it's not a space that, that's necessarily made for me and then growing up on the east coast and also knowing that you know you trace trace a few years back if my family weren't immigrants that my ancestors my direct ancestors would have been the ones to have built this entire country like you, you walk throughout dc the national mall which is where like the lincoln memorial the washington monument the white house the capitol um i was there a few weeks ago and it's terrifying to think that people that were enslaved black people built every single bit and piece of that entire area it's so terrifying to think that you know for nothing to get nothing and to still be in this position in 2020 today with the kids thing because i'm often telling my friends don't have kids wait wait live your life um but honestly as time goes on again how you mentioned climate change and we're destroying the planet and just all this stuff that's happening and not knowing how even much time we have left here on this earth as it deteriorates um you know i just my my stance now is telling people like have them babies and enjoy your life because if we keep waiting for this quote unquote good world, honestly, I don't think we're ever gonna see it. Because as long as money and power exist, there's always gonna be someone in power with money trying to control the masses. Um, and I think it's just unfortunate. I think it's just deep rooted from, from, centuries ago um and the pattern was never broken and so it just evolves um i you know i don't want to say i don't see a better world because our ancestors probably didn't couldn't see us you know living amongst white people without um you know having to drink separate water fountains and having to go to all black schools. So I don't want to say that I don't see a better world than there is today, but I will say I, I can't even begin to imagine a world what it looks like where black people are like truly free and liberated. Like I can't even think of what that world looks like. I can think of things to do to get there, but I just don't, I'm sorry, because I know I'm human, and I know humans are listening to this, but I just don't think we're we're smart enough to get there. I think there's a small percentage, but that small percentage isn't enough to get us there. Like, there's always going to be that small percentage, like, uplifting, you know, these radical ideas that just the masses can't get on board, because it's just these out-of-world ideas and um yeah i love humans <laughs> i'm a human my kids are human uh but i just i we're just not that bright and i'm saying this based off of history 
look at what we continue to do. I mean, at this point, you know, white people are dumb too because they, (laughs) you know, because I'm just like, no, honestly, like, you know, they always try to put us down and put us in this box, but yet they're over here like ruining the fucking planet that they have to live on too. Like, so it's, to me, it's at this point, I'm just like, humans are dumb. You know, like the whole how earth much and rice we need to put the like, whole earth in rice. Earth and like you, know, it's it, it's almost like you're. It's almost like I'm. We're in the twilight zone sometimes, where you're seeing these people that are in charge of decisions on our livelihood, right? And you see, it was like when Trump made that. He was at a meeting and he made that statement about climate change, and you know, your mouth just drops because. And, and I'm not saying it drops, you know, because it was Trump, because we always know Trump is going to say something stupid, no, but Trump. my mouth dropped because there's people I knew the moment he said that, that there's other people in this world that think like him. And that's the problem because we have to remember when he talks, there's people out there that put him in this position. So he's talking for a masses. I have to keep reminding people that because they love to focus on him. And I'm like, you do realize that there's a large population of people that think like him. And that is the problem. The problem is not Trump. The problem is that a large majority of humans on this earth are stupid. (laughs) And I'm going to just use the S word because that's just what it is. I like to call them the Trump Trumpets. So for every Trump, there's a trumpet. And it's a whole lot of trumpets running around spewing his exact same rhetoric. But you you know what? You said something that you probably didn't even realize would have been encouraging. But one thing that you said that I want to reiterate is that our ancestors would not have imagined the world that we are currently living in. And that is a thousand percent true. And I really do love to think that we are our ancestors' wildest dreams. And despite us coming from very different backgrounds, um, I do believe that we are so much better off than they were. And if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be as free as we are today. So I, I can only imagine what my descendants are going to say about the way we've been living, you know, and I really do pray that we continue on progressing because every day we do get a step closer to, to a better world. And I know a lot of, a lot of times it really doesn't feel like it, especially in this decade, but we do have to realize that every few years, there's a huge, I don't even know what it is, but there's a huge surge of empowerment and radical change and I feel like this is the beginning to that radical change um and I just I have to believe that years down the line when my grandchildren are my age God willing this earth is still here they're gonna be like dang granny was really living like that like, dang, <laughs> like, I want them to be like, wait, so like, 
there was really only like 4% of Black students at UCLA. That's wild. Like, I want, <laughs> I really do want them to be like, there's no way that a person like Trump could have existed. Like, there's just no way. Like, who thinks like that? I really, I really hope that they see us and, and they look at us the way we look at baby boomers. And yes, I'm gonna call them boomers out because y'all really ruined this planet. <laughs> If y'all just would have went in the right direction, we would have been in a better place. No, I'm kidding. Not really. Um, <laughs> I really, I really do feel like that's going to be, I, I have to hope that because I think when you're in this work that we do, a lot of the times we can slip into moments or even periods of pessimism. And it serves us right. We are facing these issues head on every single day. We don't have the luxury of tuning out like most people do. But sometimes we need a surge of optimism to counteract that. And um, the reality is we have to imagine a world that doesn't already exist or we will never be able to create one. And that is a fact as one as a creative and two as an activist I was so looking in such a pessimistic light that I just could not believe change could be made and it's just like damn if I don't even believe that as an activist then why am I even doing this work you know so we have to constantly tell tell ourselves that in order for us to keep it keep moving you know how activists are um imagining a world that is is not once there, right? And then fighting for it. Um, and I think most activists like would say that in different ways because we know that's what we're doing. I mean, mm -hmm. I've said that in different ways um, because that's what we, in order to, to do this work, you gotta think about it, you know, we're creating a world that doesn't even exist yet. Yeah. Um, that's why, you know, when you see everybody talking about prison abolition now, like, and we have to remember how early Angela Davis was talking about that. Like yeah, literally she had the four plan ready to go yeah. for this. Um, and we're, and no, and people couldn't see the vision then. They couldn't see it. And now, you know, they see it. So she was imagining this world and, you know, was even the bigger component of that she kept fighting for it. She didn't just imagine it give up and then go about her married life she was like look i'm gonna keep saying this and when y'all finally jump on board holla at me and yeah. now you know you see people quoting her and using her book as a resource and you know really um giving her her flowers for really you know beginning that conversation because she did. I remember reading some of her, her work and I was just like, wow, I can't believe that back then, like she was on this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> back when, you know, there was this war on drugs and everybody was trying to like be heavy on police and not just white folks, like black folks too, black, um, you know, black elitist folks were trying to, oh, get those police out of there. We can't forget that there was there was a black elitist in those rooms too, pushing those white politicians to pass these laws. You know, people don't like to talk about that. Um, 
And, and so for her as a, as a intellectual back then, um, you know, be uplifting this in that time when there was so much, um, just crime happening in, in, uh, in issues, especially within the black community. Um, yeah, that was, that was a very, you know, heroic and courageous thing to do because again, she knew that those cages weren't helping folks. She saw that, right? Um, and that's important. That's important for us to remember, even as activists now, we're fighting this fight. Like, I believe that, you know, maybe not all activists, but I believe good activists have amazing intuition because, again, you don't really know what this world is going to look like when you implement something, right? So you're uplifting it. And you're saying, hey, we need to do this, but you don't know what it's going to look like. So you have this like gut intuition that's your body's literally telling you like, this is not working. This is not working, but this can work. And so we have these like beautiful intuitions that help us go into spaces and, and, and fix things or improve things or make things better. Um, and, you know, it's really a gift from God honestly, like I, I see activists, good activists, cause let me just make that clear. Not everybody's a good one. <laughs> um, I really see good activists as prophets from God, honestly. Um, because if you think about it is doing the same work, you know, if you've ever, you know, read any, a little bit into the Bible or, or study just, um, the time of Jesus and, everything he stood for and the people he connected with. Um, if you've read, you know, on about Moses, just about any prophet that's really ever come through, you're doing, you're doing the work of the higher power, whatever you believe in God, Allah, wh whatever you pray to, um, you're always doing the work of a higher power that uh, wants the world to be a better place. Right. And you have this vision that no one else can see but you have to inspire the masses to see this vision. That is it, like, this is history. This is what's been happening uh, for years and decades. So, you know, I tell people like, I'm just, I'm just a prophet. Like I just, I see, I see this vision. Um, I have this intuition and I see this vision and you know you are because you know when you do the work and you see things the way that you saw it in your head. Yeah. Just like when me and you were at SBCC, like we didn't really know if all that stuff was going to work or if we could even make it happen. Um, but it was like we couldn't even control it. We were just called to do it. And then everything started happening as it needed to happen mm -hmm. because we were called to do that work in that moment. Yeah. Um, and we can all be called. I think it's just who listens to their callings and who doesn't. You know, not everybody, I, I believe, taps into that side. It's just, it's a very empathetic and caring space to tap into, right? To think outside the box. And I think a lot of us have gifts, but I just think a lot of people don't tap into them. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. I think um, before we wrap up, it, you mentioned biblical references and uh, Jesus's activism and, and whatnot. And it always frustrates me when I hear 
why certain people voted for Trump because they appealed to his to their um religiosity and their Christianity and I just be like cap each and every single time they say that I just seen uh, what's her face from Mary Mary say that I was like cap and it's crazy because it always I kid you not it always be the black elitists that say that and I'm like I rather you sit in your truth and say that you were drawn to how he will appease to wealthy folk but don't sit here and lie and try to bring up Jesus's name and religiosity and say that he's appealing to that part of you because that is a lie because if anyone has really studied the Bible and has really read the Bible or even the Quran or even the Torah because there's a lot of the same exact stories in each of those books, those holy books. If anyone has ever studied or read those books, they will see the activism that the prophets and Jesus were involved in. Jesus was radical. Jesus was breaking traditions and laws left to right. While they were stoning people, Jesus had, you know, he was seeing fire. He was just like, I'm not stoning anybody. He who is without sin cast the first stone. Jesus could have chucked Shawty in the face with the stone. But Jesus said no, because he was without sin. He could have said, you know, I'm, I'm a hitter with this stone. But he, and I'm not trying to get really preachy, you know. But no, preach, preach. He was for the hoes, the prostitutes, the LGBTQ plus. Have you really read that book? Got it. Jesus was out here like, sis, I don't care if you're a hoe. Walk with me. Like that no, was that story. I literally that was that story. If Jesus was here today, he would be an advocate for LGBTQ. And let me tell y'all why. Before any of y'all fake Christians come at me, let me tell you why. Jesus was for the people that were overlooked in society, people who felt in the margins. Jesus was just like, let me sit at the table with these people and break bread with them while everybody else turned their backs on those people. So for anybody to sit there and say that someone like Trump, who is really equivalent to Adolf Hitler, appeals to their Christianity, that is no Christianity that I'm familiar with, nor one that I would like to be associated with. And they could go ahead and kick rocks and stop mentioning the good Lord and their horrible pursuit for wealth because it is all rooted in capitalism. It is all rooted in their association with money, not any type of religion or any race. So they just stop, stop capping. Just be, stay 10 toes. If you say, listen, he going to do them big old tax cuts and it's going to benefit my pockets. And that's why I voted for Trump. How can I argue with that? You know, but if you're going to say that, stay 10 toes in that, you know, don't, don't try to bring up all these other things and say, oh, it's because of religion. Oh, it's because of this, like stay 10 toes. You know why Mary, Mary, you know why you voted for Trump. Stop capping. And that's why this whole, uh, this whole capping for Kanye shit is pissing me off too. And I'm seeing more and more black folk jump on the board because stupid ass white people are giving him a platform to go on and talk a bunch of nonsense and you know i just had to bring this up because when we talk about when they when 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 jesus when the bible talks about false prophets y'all 
They talk about this. It's so true. People will walk around and tell you they are walking with God. They are doing God's work. They are uplifting Jesus. They're claiming they're the second coming of Jesus. And it's, it, is, it is problematic. This is what Trump does. This is what Kanye does. And they get people because people are so stuck in their religious beliefs that they can't think outside the box, not realizing that Jesus was an outside-the-box thinker. Jesus was never inside the box. Um, and so, you know, I bring that up because as we're just talking about this, this man irritates my soul. And he irritates my soul because I will really have people message me like, hey, but you should check out that interview, though. He was spitting facts. I really had to I really had to pop off today on somebody because I was like, how anti-black of you to tell me to check out this man that's spewing anti-black rhetoric. You know, and it's and it's crazy because what Kanye is doing is he's not mobilizing the black community. He's mobilizing the non-black community to be anti-black. And it's sick. And I'm tired of, of these non-black platforms supporting him to spew. And this motherfucker said, we need to get rid of Black History Month. Do you know how disrespectful that is to so many of our ancestors that fought for us to even be recognized in that month? Yes, we all know that Black history is, is, um, is American history. It's world history. We need to talk about all the time. But God forbid you take away the one month we have where people forcibly have to learn about our history right. and our people Yo. like my thing what? Is, my thing is the reason why and i'm really blessed because i don't have um a lot of kanye rhetoric on my timeline i must be following the right people but a lot of it is that Kanye West has openly said he does not read. And I'm just really tired of these non-reading niggas <laughs> with something to say. And we had talked about this on an earlier episode that J. Cole doesn't read either. So I really don't ever be taking anything this man says seriously. And I'm like, I feel like if someone informs Kanye that you have to read a whole lot as president, he might not run anymore. <laughs> I think no, he, but he still would. That's the crazy part. Like allow it. His areas so, really allow it. He God has such an ego. No more Gemini men in office. All right. <laughs> no more Trump Gemini. a Gemini. Kanye a Gemini. Like, Me and I'm so. No it, <laughs> I'm no. so glad you mentioned that J Cole thing because no name actually. I think announced the other day that she was gonna get off of social media. Um, and I think she said something like, I, I, she was basically saying farewell to her followers, like, thank you for educating me and how she like just has so much more work to do and how she wasn't, uh, you know, she didn't grow up in environments where she was intellectually stimulated and, and she didn't get to 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 have all this knowledge so she feels like she's just now catching up on anything and i commented and i said you know i i didn't i should have acknowledged her tweet and just affirmed because everybody else was under there affirming her how smart she is and how much she's done 
for them by following her. But I was just like, I had to be petty. I was like, I'm still mad that this motherfucker J. Cole had the nerve to tell you how you grew up and, and all lo and behold, he didn't even fucking know and you actually didn't grow up with access to these books and these resources and here you are admitting it and you still smart like I like that her tweet made me so mad because I was like this like this is what we what happens when we allow incompetent men to lead us in spaces or to follow them <laughs> because I'm like I was so mad it really took me back there I, and I was it, like if one thing a nigga will have is the nerve <laughs> But he got nothing in his pockets, nothing in his wallets. The nigga gonna have some nerve. <laughs> the nerve, like bruh, graduated from high school. Bruh, went to college. Bruh, graduated from college. Sis did not. And here you are in a whole damn song, like downgrading her, demeaning her, and. The, this whole time, you ain't even know. You ain't even know. <laughs> even know. I was like, I just, know. I was like, I'm still so mad. This motherfucker had the nerve. And everybody got on my comments, and they was like, "Yes, that part." I was like, "Really though? Let's talk about that." Like, can we bring this conversation back up? Because he really made it seem like, and this is the worst part. This motherfucker really made it seem like he had done some research. He did no research. Well, he say he doesn't read. <laughs> but that's wild. How you gonna go and discuss a whole woman in her upbringing and you ain't even know? Okay, so that's what these non-reading niggas are about. They talk out of their asses. They don't, they literally do not know what they're talking about. They just, they speak off of what they feel and not off of actual facts. And I'm not going to ever dismiss feelings because I think a balance of facts, facts and feelings is very important. But the issue is a lot of these individuals love to base things off of feelings and thoughts and assumptions and not actual research and facts because they don't like reading. These are people that said this, this themselves. So like this, I'm not, I'm not making this up. Kanye, JK, they said that they don't like reading. They don't read. You know, they're anti-books, they're anti-research, and... Y'all, I'm just dying because <laughs> Saturn keeps... They don't read. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, can we... I just... Uh, these people just have so much to say, but they literally don't have anything to base it off of, and it bothers me because there's so much information out there that's easily accessible to their them as privileged individuals mm -hmm. that we have to struggle you know books ain't cheap okay books are not cheap and these two men kanye and j cole both have so much they could literally hire someone to sit there and read it to them out loud if they wanted to but they choose to not you know, utilize any of their privilege, but they choose to use their platform to, you know, anyway. Yeah, like, and, and again, bring, <laughs> brings us back to the, the leader of our nation right now. He also clearly, um, I'm not even gonna say doesn't, I don't think he can read at this point. <laughs> he can't read the teleprompter. Definitely. He can't read his own notes. 
uh, I just don't, I just don't really think the man can read. Again, we already know he skated his way through college. I think he was a C average student. And I think, and I'm not saying cause C's get degrees, but it's one thing to get C's and, and still, and still just be smart, you know, but school's not your thing. And then it's one thing where like, you still had to pay for the C's. Like you weren't even able to get I was just C's. about to say, <laughs> his C's didn't even get his degrees. He cheated. Yeah. So I, yeah, he cheated and still couldn't even cheat right. Like this, this, this is the president of the United States. How you cheat and get a C? How, How you get a seat? <laughs> was you was you trying to make it look real or what? Like, cause they knew you couldn't get no A, so you were like, I gotta, I gotta pull off and least a C. I'm a at least A for like a B, if anything, a B, a B plus a B average. You know, my man's cheat and gets a C. Like, who does that? Come on now, that's just. And again, I don't want this. You know, it to look like. You know, we feel like, you know, education is just the way into whatever avenue and you need to have good grades. But in his case, you know, I'm just sorry. I'm going to just say it for the president of the United States. We have to have some sort of qualifications like we just have to. Um, and, And you see why we have to, because otherwise you get incompetent white men like this that have money and access in these positions. If we would have had qualifications he would have never been able to run he would have never even been able to run and i think that you know i know the qualifications part also hurts folks of color and black folks and indigenous folks but let's not act like there's not black indigenous and folks of color out here excelling out here getting straight a's at these ivy league universities that come from all sorts of backgrounds i know i know a guy right now at UCLA doing great, great things. Um, and that was formerly incarcerated that came through CC. So, you know, we're, we're also in these streets <laughs> amongst the, the highly educated and, and, um, and just, um, you know, reaching these, these goals that they don't even really ever reach y'all. They really don't ever reach their money and power just makes it look like they do. Um, and so in, in, from for me, what this president has really showed is, yeah, we gotta have some better uh, qualifications and vetting processes. Like, I, I'm sorry, I'm I'm cool on the reality stars, and and uh, honestly, like businessmen in general. Like, I think that's just another lane. Like, I want to see organizers and activists, like like, be vetted for those positions. Like, just Absolutely. because you own a company doesn't mean you're qualified to to govern people you know um and so i do think we need to start talking about that because then it would really it would widen our pool but also like make it more inclusive and accessible because i think we should even put a money cap on it like if you're making over a certain amount of money, you can't run for president. What you would, none of your solutions are going to be for us, <laughs> you know, because you're in a wealth gap that majority of the nation is not in. Right. So why would we want you making decisions for us? Like you don't know what it's like to be poor. And I'm going to say this and I feel like, I feel like, oh, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm going to say it anyway. I think that there needs to be a cap on age too. 
Oh, oh. <laughs> because I'm a, hold up, hold up. I'm gonna affirm you. All you old niggas gotta go. All you old niggas gotta go. I don't care. Old white people, bruh. Yo, <laughs> I love like, my elders, but y'all got to go. I'm like, and and we can say this because we have a history of just having old ass presidents. No, literally. And my thing is. They're in office for four to eight years, you know, if they're lucky enough to get reelected. And a lot of the times they are building a nation that they may not even see. We need to get younger folks in politics, in positions of power, point blank, period. And I think there's, a, there's been a history of underestimating young people and, and what we are capable of. Um, and I don't believe that at my 23 years of age, I can be the president of the free world. However, I'm sure there probably is a 23 year old out there that could body this, you know, that position. If Trump, I know I could do a better job than Trump. That is one thing I Period. Know for sure. Period. Hands down. Hands down, I know that. Period. Sure. But I do think that a lot of these older folk, yes, they're, you know, there are some that are fighting for the youth and, and, and see it. But I think that there's, there can be such a large disconnect. And we're talking about like, you know, who makes up a large portion of the current population and who's going to make up, you know, who's going to be here in the, the future to, to see what these old, old folks are implementing, you know? And listen, we just, I'm a, I'm a just. And I think that, you know, it's that whole conversation of like when to step up and step back. I think for the question I would ask older folks is why would you even want to take up that much space at your age at this time? Like that's got to be one of the most stressful jobs to have in the world. Why would you want to cause yourself a early, possibly an early death? <laughs> like stress. I mean, we all saw Obama went from like young to look at he 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 looked a little grayish and a little sure? a little fragile when he left that White House. Um, and and now again he's looking a little bit of snackish again because he's out, he's breathing, he's he he's he's not as stressed. Um, and I think that I think when you have these two white men that are in their seventies, I believe is I think. Is it early 70s or late 70s? I'm not sure. And mid 70s. Mid 70s, you know, I start to wonder like, why would you even want to take up space at your age? And it goes back to me, to me, it goes back to ego and power. Because let me tell you something. And for all our listeners on this podcast right now, when sis and I am sis is in her. 70s y'all not gonna see sis i'm not gonna be out in these streets marching and root root rawing i'm gonna be on a yacht sipping something bubbly because i did my time yeah. the young people can do that now i'm not gonna i'ma love y'all and i'ma donate to y'all causes but i'm not gonna be out here in these streets like Definitely. i'ma step back and enjoy my retirement and enjoy my peace the fifth two old white really want to like stress themselves out in the white house it, it 
it just blows my mind. I'm like, y'all are both not healthy, especially Trump. You know, he is not the healthiest white man. And uh, Biden, I think he was hospitalized at one point, too. I'm like, y'all really? Like, power is so addicting to white men that they don't even care about their health. That's crazy. Like, think about that, how much they're addicted to power that they can't even. And they both have money. So it's not like they wouldn't be retiring and living nice. Like Biden, don't you want to go on vacation? Like his, his, this man's ego is so big that he's willing to get, go through a smear campaign just to be the president of the United States. Ain't that some shit? Like he was willing to be talked about, mocked, belittled just to be the president of the United. Like he knows people don't like him. Like he knows he's just the lesser of two evils. I would not want to put myself through that. Like people don't even like me. Why am I running? Let me let these other people get a shot. I can't relate. I really cannot relate. I can't even imagine. Um, I just, yeah. I'm like, stay blessed, okay? Stay blessed. Because and, and, <laughs> like you said, I'm going to be chillaxing, all right? I'm going to donate. I will give advice. I will always pick up the phone call to my grandchildren and let them know, you know, what the next moves should be, what I think, my personal opinion. But I will be really cooling. Like, I did my work, okay? You think at 75, 80 years old, I'm going to be out here in the streets and working? Oh, no, 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 no. And and not even just working, but that kind of work. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm going to still be getting my hustle on, but it's not going to be that. <laughs> like, I'm going to be pouring love into an actual fun hobby, something that brings me joy. Um, and, yeah, it's uh, – I think that's a great way to end, just a reminder that, you know, white men constantly take up way too much damn space. And I really, I really, I really, really want to see a world where I don't have to see white men in power no more. And I'm talking about on all levels. I don't want to see white men, male principals. I don't want to see white male coaches at this point in the NBA anymore. I just don't want to see it. Like I'm done. (laughs) Get by at this point. Of white men that have money and power are really out here trying to preach about equity and inclusivity, then they're stepping down. You saw what Serena, Serena Williams, Williams husband husband. Did. Yes. Y'all saw it. If they're really about this and they already know That's they're cool. rich, wealthy, and they have access to power and they don't need to be in those spaces, they step down and then they advocate for a black person or a person of color to take their position. That That's is cool. what all white men. And you know what? I'm throwing y'all white women in there too that are in positions of power. If y'all at this point, if y'all aren't doing that, I'm not fucking with you. Period. Like, you not about, don't say, or if you're not doing that, definitely don't be out in here in these streets saying that you're about equity and inclusion because you're not. You're about yeah. power and control and acting like you appeal to the masses. Well, there we go. Y'all heard it here on the Uninterrupted Podcast. 
Thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, thank you all for sticking with us week after week. We love and appreciate every single listener. And we drop episodes every Friday on Uninterrupted Fridays. And we're announcing that we are finally done with season one of our Uninterrupted podcast. Woo, woo, woo. Um, we, we got in a lot of episodes. We had a lot of amazing guests on, um, and we're really proud of our first season of our podcast just started really just as an idea of two college friends. And it has really sprouted into really an international platform because we have listeners all around the world and we are so thankful that y'all tune in every episode um, and we are excited to bring season two so stay stay in touch with us stay tapped in we're gonna drop episodes remember every fridays we really appreciate y'all and we're excited to bring you season two and we out out